0: Gotta help me out here, Steve. Look, Clint, you're right.
1: <clears throat> I need to be better. Oh, <laughs> well, that's gonna make it. All
0: Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Clint, and this is Steve. Guys, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we want to, before we even get started with anything, give all of the people at SEEK right now a shout out. So, we noticed a bunch of people who follow this show uh, are currently at the SEEK conference in Indianapolis. So, first off, we want to say that, guys, we've been praying for you. Hopefully, you're having an amazing time there. Uh, I'm sure you are. Yeah. Uh, did you ever go to SEEK, Steve?
1: <clears throat> I actually have never been to SEEK. Really? Okay. Um, so, actually seeing it... Uh, Especially seeing it this year. And there's all those Catholic podcasters there that are... Yeah, I'm pretty jealous. <laughs> um, a little jealous, but... Guys, hook us up. All of our podcaster friends, please figure I know. out a way. Uh, Mackenzie, if you're listening, you actually work with Focus. So I don't even know what you're doing. Pull some strings or something. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe we'll be there next year.
0: Maybe. But um, yeah, I, I actually I went to a couple. Uh, my freshman year and then junior year mm-hmm. of college. It was awesome. Super weird
1: my college now sends kids to seek Mm -hmm. when i was in college i never had that option
0: dude focus is growing so much so for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about right now uh seek is a, a massive conference for young adults specifically college aged um put on by a group called focus which stands for fellowship of catholic university students um awesome conference fantastic and focus as an organization is growing super fast yeah so by my senior year they were adding 10 or more uh campuses college campuses every year absolutely and i think that's even faster now
1: and um i think on our harry potter episode we actually had a focus missionary well i know we had a focus missionary for our harry potter episode and if i remember correctly she kind of talks a little bit more about it uh and what focus is oh yeah um so check that podcast out if you haven't um because you can learn a little bit more about focus um but also just learn a little bit more about the Christ and Harry Potter.
0: Yeah. Awesome organization and uh obviously they're doing good things. It's not mm-hmm. an easy task to get 17,000 yeah. people together and do anything, but Yeah,
1: and and the founder of Focus um has really created the archetype for the modern Catholic missionary. Curtis Martin. Mhm. Yeah. When he started focus a number of years ago, the way that he goes about discipleship and building missionary disciples and fundraising and all of those things really has impacted all other missionary, like Catholic missionary organizations. Oh yeah. I
0: mean it's it's, just, it's influenced my own mm-hmm. ministry like a mm-hmm. ton. So mm-hmm. um yeah. like I said, like I was I was in it in college and then just the way that I pray. Yeah. Someone came up to me one time and they're like, You were in focus in college, weren't you? Like just from the way that I led a prayer. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. The story here, guys, is uh, we want to join you next year at SEEK. Or yeah. I guess next year's SLS. But uh, we'll go to that too. So yeah. we'll, we'll go to SLS. We'll go to SEEK. But uh, <laughs> help us make it happen. Uh, tell people about us. Tell focus people about us. And we'll see what we can do.
1: Is there any media you've been taking? Dude, uh,
0: yes, always. <laughs> okay. <Perfect>. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> so first off. Uh, we did the Christmas episode together, right? And we talked about how every single Christmas I watch Mm -hmm. the Polar Express. Yeah. So I watched the Polar Express, of course.
1: (laughs) Uh, Of course. Got to throw that out there. Um, Super weird. I was actually just mentioning, because I was talking about that podcast we did over Christmas about we did the Polar Express. And the fact that I've never watched it appalled everybody that I talked to. It should. And they were like, it's such a great movie and all these things. So maybe I should... Go you know, watch it. Become cultured. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then bring, or not bring, but find Christ in whatever. Just.
1: Well, I've listened to the podcast <laughs> yeah. already. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: You were there. Uh, so there's that. And then actually, um, when I was kind of thinking about the different media that I was taking in over break, I played a lot of games, to be honest, because I was back home visiting my family. Like board games, video games? Both. Okay. So uh, my little brother, Andy... Um, Well, he's not little. He's actually taller than me. He's in college. But he was back for a while, and he was playing old-school RuneScape that I used to play. Yeah. And so, dude, I started a new account and started playing RuneScape with him, and just, oh, it was so much fun to go back to that. And then I was playing, like, tons of board games. So, like, Dominion, Sushi Party Go, Sequence, The Game of Life, Sorry, Catan. Yeah. Like, everything.
1: Super weird. Old-school RuneScape? This just goes to show technology nowadays. Yeah. I was on my phone, and I saw it in the App Store. Oh, dude, I have it. Yeah. I got it. Old School RuneScape is on the App Store. Yeah.
0: Guys, if you don't know what RuneScape is, uh, and you like medieval, like, geeky games, you
1: might want to check it out. It's one of, like, those prototypical role-playing RPG games that existed when I was in middle school. We used to... Oh, dude, elementary school. Yeah. It's old. Yeah. So, well, I used... When I played it, it was... In my intermediate school. So I was in like probably fifth or sixth grade, I think fifth grade. And we would walk to the public library, which was right next door to my school no after way. school. And we would go and we would play RuneScape because they had a little teen section. And we would go and log into RuneScape and we would play RuneScape together after school.
0: Dude, I was playing when we still had like dial up at my house.
1: <laughs> oh, man. You know how cool. brutal that was? Yeah. Oh, it
0: was so bad. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of some of the stuff that I, I've been taking in. Um, to be honest, I started watching soccer again. I kind of mm. stopped for a while because the MLS season was over. Rude. And then Manchester United, who's my favorite team, was just like awful to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just fired their coach five games ago and they're actually sh- exciting to watch again. So, um, yeah, so I've been watching some of that and then some American football because the bowl games were on. Right, right. and right, you live with David. Actually, no, I didn't watch anything with him. Really? It was while I was back in Iowa, huh. yeah.
1: Oh, while yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you I didn't.
0: I didn't want to watch football with David because Georgia kind of <sighs> had
1: their, yeah. It, so I watched it with him. Oh, really? Yeah, I met him where his uh, girlfriend works, and we watched the games. <clears throat> and since Georgia didn't make it in, I myself am a Notre Dame fan, and so it was definitely not fun <sighs> to just watch one Notre Dame get completely like destroyed, but also David use these two blowout games as a reason why Georgia should have been there, and just watch him tweet and just watch. him And rage then Georgia about got it. destroyed. And, yeah, and watch him talk about talk about this to all those random people that are like sitting next to us at the bar, and I'm just like, David, you're embarrassing me. I wanted to see Notre Dame at least put up a fight, but Clemson just destroyed them. Yeah. So, I mean, which Cle- I mean, it's not like whatever, but. Yeah. So, I mean, that's some
0: of the media I've been taking in. Um, obviously there's a lot of other stuff, but maybe
1: for another time. Right. What about you? Uh, I have finally gotten back into reading. Yay. Um, Steve does books. I do. Um, and so I am finishing up. I'm actually almost done with brave new world. So that'll probably be the next podcast that I do. Oh, awesome. And then, uh, There's a bunch of other books. There is a series of books that is probably my favorite modern series. Um, I'm talking like post-high school reading. I I read the first book when I was in college, first and second when I was in college, and then the third one came out after I graduated. It's called the uh, Cemetery of Forgotten Books series. I've never heard of it. And it is written by a Spanish author. And it are amazing translations. Um, his name is Carlos Ruiz Zafon. And, um, it sounded French. It, well, you know what? He's French-Spanish. No, he's Spanish. I just don't know how to pronounce things because <laughs> I am a white boy um, it's all right. through and through. So I am not cultured. Anyway, um, nor bilingual. But anyway, Carlos Ruiz Zafon is the author. And the first book, The Shadow of the Wind, is one of my all-time favorite books. Well, I lent that book out to a friend of mine. Um, I felt really cool because I lent that book to her, and she put it and she put a on her Instagram like um, live video or like the Instagram yeah, yeah, yeah. like the story yeah the Instagram story yeah. Uh, she on her Instagram story put her favorite books from twenty eighteen, and this was one of the books oh, it was it nice. Shadow of the Wind that I, I lent to her, and I was like oh like that's so awesome and I was so excited well she told me when she was looking it up because she actually really liked the book and then bought me a new copy of the book because she liked it so much she kept it that she kept it (laughs) and so I was like she was like well it was all bent up and I was like this is really because you wanted my copy and she was like kind of but and she did feel bad giving me back a copy that was very clearly used because she really enjoyed it well anyway she told me that they just came out with the fourth book of the series and I didn't even know that so I just picked that up and that's on my to read list Um, and so I haven't started intaking that, but I also just finished watching the second season of Jessica Jones, um, working on the other Marvel, others like newer seasons currently on Luke Cage. So those are kind of what I've been intaking, um, media wise. I don't really intake as much as I, I probably should. No, that's kind of a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, sometimes, sometimes it's good to
0: take in media depending on what it is, but.
1: Right. Well, I, there's a couple of movies I want to see, but like I said, I just have Netflix and Hulu. I don't actually own any cable. So yeah. there's not a whole lot of TV shows I really watch, but um, so I want to start getting back into reading. And so I have because the, 2019, you know, this reminds me before we dive into the topic real quick. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: we put out some videos of each of our, not just Steve and I, but Gordon as well. Each of our top media, like, our favorite movie, our favorite song, our favorite book, our favorite podcast, everything from 2018. Uh, We put out that video on social media and then we also put it out on uh, YouTube compiled with all of our favorites together. So if you guys haven't seen that yet, go check it out. Uh, The links to our social media and YouTube channel are in the notes. So. Go find him there, and Perfect. you can find the video. Yes.
1: Um, which kind of? I guess. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm so good at segways. Moving on. Um, <laughs> today's episode. Transitioning. Tra- yeah. Insert segue. Therefore,
0: insert, transi- wasn't that like one of the transitions that you learned in like uh, like middle school? Is yep. like therefore, comma.
1: Yes. Segue. So, <laughs> um, paragraph break, indent. Therefore, comma. Yeah. Two finger spaces. <laughs> yes. Uh, we. A couple, a couple uh, weeks ago, we talked about some bands that we really, really liked, and yeah. one of the bands that I threw out there, and I will give, again, that focus missionary that was on for the um, podcast for the Harry Potter episode, Mackenzie. She's the one who introduced me to Johnny Swim wow. a couple weeks ago, and I just said, a friend of mine. She was rather upset that I just didn't... Dude, that's st- like her third shout-out this podcast already, and we're only like... 10 minutes in. Well, I just feel... And here's why. Because I, on that podcast, I was like, a friend of mine introduced me to these bands and then she was like, why didn't you just use my name? (laughs) So I was like, all right, fine. I will use your name. Mackenzie, credit where it's due. Yeah. So, Johnny Swim. Johnny Swim. So, one of their songs that I really, really like is called Ring the Bells. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, Yes. And so, I kind of want to break that down because I think that Johnny Swim is not a... Christian band, they're oh really? Yeah, they're not explicitly a Christian band, but oh yeah, yeah. you can very clearly tell that they are Christian, right? Because, it, and what I appreciate about them is that they have these songs that aren't explicitly Christian, um, but are very virtuous because they are singing about their life, and they themselves live a Christian life, right? And so it's very easy to see those themes throughout it, uh, and so in Ring the Bells. It is very much an anthem and like a call to arms in a certain sense, and so I'll, I'll kind of go through. You uh, kind of get that right away with the upbeat. Oh yeah. Tone to it, yeah. Yeah, and so the very first uh, verse is: "Ring the bells, this time I mean it. Bid the hatred fare thee well. Give back my pe- give back the pieces of my Jesus. Take your counterfeit to hell. Bang the drums, this means war, not the kind you're waiting for." We say mercy won't be rationed here. That's what we're fighting for.
0: Hmm.
1: And when I first heard this song, it was just kind of like one of those like gut punches. We were like, oh, okay. And you just like my ears were perked. I was like, I have to hear what this song has to say. So just kind of breaking down that a little bit. First and foremost, uh, I love that line. Give me back, give back the pieces of my Jesus, tankier counterfeit to hell. hmm because I think we so often try to conform Christ to our agenda yeah. instead of conforming conforming our hearts to Christ's mm-hmm. heart. And when we try to take God and use him to justify us or our actions or our, our beliefs, then we really are taking that counterfeit to hell. Yeah. Um, that was actually the part that stood out to me too. So...
0: Looking through this, um, like you said, this is very much like an anthem of like going mm-hmm. to battle. Like we yeah. get that right away. Like ring the bells. This time I mean it. Uh, talking about bang the drums. This means war, not mm-hmm. the kind that you're waiting for. Like this is this is a new kind of war. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. no, supposed- I was going to get into that as well. But oh yeah, so, sorry. Mm-hmm. And and so I think just before we go into details on that, it gives us this idea that we're going into battle, mm-hmm. right? And so give back the pieces of my Jesus. Uh the, I think the reason why this drew me in is like the pieces of Jesus like immediately I was like Eucharist mm-hmm. like literally pieces of Jesus mm-hmm. right um take your counterfeit to hell yeah so like this fake uh understanding of Jesus this fake understanding of the Eucharist get rid of it take it to hell yeah like we don't want it give back the pieces of my Jesus it's it's this return to this relationship with Christ where we are receiving him into us Mm -hmm. where we are receiving the graces. And I think it actually says it later on, uh, the grace, um, that we need to go to war. Mm -hmm. Right. So not only are we like making this counterfeit of Christ himself, we're counterfeiting that relationship and that receiving of his grace through Mm -hmm. the sacrament of the Eucharist. Right. And when we get rid of that counterfeit, we can get back to what is real.
1: Right kind of just moving on to, to the war. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think so often we don't recognize, we very clearly experience it in our daily lives. Um, but we don't always recognize it. But that we really are on the front lines of a spiritual war. Oh, yeah. I mean, the war for our soul is being waged. Um, ultimately, Christ won, right? But we still participate in that battle right yeah right? as we fight temptation as we um turn to god and ultimately what i love about this spiritual war that we get a chance to participate in that ultimately the war is waged and christ is the one is the victor christ is the one who fights for us and that christ is ultimately the one who uh you know i think sometimes we want to have this like idea of maybe um like a buddy like the buddy jesus right like Jesus is just it, a lovely friend, right? Like Pivy. Jesus, Jesus is a friend of mine, right? And that's true. Like Jesus wants a personal relationship with us, but He is also the Lion of Judah, and yeah. the King of Kings, right? And the Lord of Lords, and He, he through t- tables, yeah. And He is the one who walks onto a battlefield and fights it in a way that the enemy didn't expect by letting Himself take the f- the, the final blow, right? To suffer death. So that not even death itself could be what struck us down. Mm -hmm. That he redeemed us in a way that was final and like powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we accept that, when we accept the sacraments, when we accept the graces and the mercy and, and we live our lives in that way, then like we truly are like we're winning the war.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important to remember that we are the church militant, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, So, we, we have like the three different parts of the, the church right so we have those that are in heaven, which is the church triumphant mm-hmm. they've already made it to heaven they've triumphed over over the war the the spiritual battle within mm-hmm. the church penitent right so the ones that are in um, in purgatory being cleansed but we still alive humans are the church militant we're still fighting that fight. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that we recognize that we are in this battle, right? You know, and, uh, I think you were the one that was on the show with me when we talked about Pocahontas, Mm -hmm. right? So everything that we talk about in that Pocahontas episode is just tips
1: basically Mm -hmm. to help
0: you fight this battle better. Right. Uh, and then recognizing
1: the truth of the Eucharist and like Christ supporting you through that is also part of that. And actually, so, uh, I kind of want to go into it a little bit too. Um, that the song actually doesn't just leave us. It's not just like, all right, like we're fighting this war and like get back. it actually does kind of go in to um, to just a way in which we fight the war. And I actually love the second verse of this song, which goes, move your feet, move your feet, you tiny people. You've been hiding for so long behind your statues and your steeples. Does that hit too close to home? I've got faith to move a mountain and to watch that mountain move. It's time for words to fall like thunder, sound of justice breaking through. Give me chills. And I love that because, yes, is it important that we're going to church and we're worshiping God as a community? Are Is religious art a way in which we can come closer to God? Absolutely. But if we're just living in this little bubble where we're hiding behind that and we're afraid to move from that mass on Sunday to living our faith and vocalizing it and evangelizing in our daily lives, then we're not fighting that war, right? To move our feet, to let to let that faith in us that can move a mountain, and then to actually just be willing to have the faith to watch that mountain move as we proclaim the word, as those words fall like thunder, and the sound of God's justice, like God's like <laughs> truth, breakthrough
0: yeah Uh, i I love that you say that like we have to go beyond the mass right because mass itself the the word comes from misa or or misio right the the latin word Mm -hmm. which literally is the same root for the word mission Mm -hmm. it means to be sent forth yeah so the mass is supposed to prepare us Mm -hmm. to be sent forth out into the world To be disciples. Yeah. It's not supposed to stay there. Mm -hmm. That's why we go every Sunday or hopefully more than just once every Sunday. But we go to be uh, filled with this relationship with Christ, with Mm -hmm. his love, with his grace, and then to go out into the world and let that overflow into everyone that we encounter in a a very radical way, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And then uh, the, the faith that you were talking about, the... I got faith to move a mountain and to watch the mountain move like these words falling like thunder. I love this because, mm-hmm. uh, remember when, when Jesus, uh, is, is going back into heaven before, yep. before his, uh, ascension, he says like, I'm going to send you the Holy spirit. Right. Yeah. And he's basically like, are, are, are you impressed by these things that I've done? Mm-hmm. You will do these things and greater than these, yeah. like w- with the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, this this makes me think of uh, Alab, our friend Alab. Yeah. Uh So, I mean, do you know the story I'm thinking of? Uh, Whatever, I'll i take it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, specifically. Go ahead. Yeah, I got it. Uh, so Alab, uh, he's he's a musician, right? So he travels around the country, uh, playing like praise music, mm-hmm. right? He uh, gives talks, stuff like that. Yeah. And one thing that I love about Alab. Is that that guy is not afraid to, like, let the Holy Spirit work through him oh, in, like, radical ways.
1: And, and I don't know if this is where you're going, but this is kind of where my mind went when you started talking about him. Okay. Because if you talk to a he very much believes in this. You will do greater things. And he's like, you know what Christ did? raised lazarus from the dead and so he's like i he told me and i think he probably mentioned it to you too yeah Yeah. i fully he fully expects that before he passes from this world that he will get around and pray for somebody and he will like through the power of prayer raise someone from the dead yeah because he just believes in the power of the holy spirit that much
0: so yeah that wasn't exactly what i was thinking of but that's him so yeah the the example that i was thinking of is Mm -hmm. dude he was on uh a plane one time. I don't remember where he was coming from or whatever, but it's not important. He was on a plane and this lady next to him, uh, I guess they were like talking and it came up that he like was a musician for mm-hmm. the, the Catholic church basically. Yeah. Right. So he's a Catholic and the lady expresses that she's an atheist, doesn't believe all that stuff. And throughout their conversation, uh, a lab finds out that she has this excruciating pain in her foot that just like has been driving her crazy. And he says, uh, if, Jesus heals your foot. Will you like believe in him or will you like Mm -hmm. come back and give him another, give him another chance? And she says, sure. So he says, okay, meet me by baggage claim after we get off and we'll see what we can do. And so they go back, do their thing, whatever. And then they go to baggage claim and he prays over her. And he basically says like, Jesus, like Holy Spirit, come down, like heal this woman. And after he's been praying with her, he's okay, now walk. She walks around for a little bit and comes back. He's like, how is your foot? And she's like, it's actually a lot better. And he prays over her again. And I think he does it like two or three times and then the pain's completely gone. Mm-hmm. Like
1: he yep. just like when we have faith, like yeah. this is what it's about. There there was a, are these guys, I forget exactly. They might be in Chicago, but every day they wake up and the two of them kind of work together. Uh, the one has a gift where um, God kind of speaks to him and tells him what to do. Like he hears it and the other gets like these visions. prophecy and vision yeah, and vision um and so they'll go out they'll use that together and they'll go out and they'll be like all right this is where we're supposed to be like this is like i can recognize this is where we're supposed to be and i see a vision of this particular guy right or this woman walking down the street and they'll go and they'll like find him and then the guy who like has the gift of prophecy will be like this is gonna sound crazy but when i woke up this morning and in prayer god wanted me to find you what's your relationship with like your with your son? And I'm like, I haven't talked to my son in years. Like, we have a bad relationship. He's like, I'm just here to tell you that God wants to restore that relationship. And like, they'll pray over these people. And, yeah. Like, they'll find them and they like, respond to the Holy Spirit. Dude, uh, this is exactly what Drew's doing now. Yeah?
0: Yeah. So uh, our friend Drew Labbe, um, you probably hear us talk about Cody, his brother all the time. Uh, he just became a missionary and just left yesterday to go to Taiwan and mm-hmm. do exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah,
1: and I think that the thing that we mistakenly do, especially as an American church, is try to confine Christ. And we, I and I will be the first to admit, when I read the scripture passage that talks about if you have the faith but of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, jump, and it will jump. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, I think. Man, a mustard seed is incredibly tiny. It is like the tiniest seed. Mm -hmm. And if that's all the faith you need to be able to say to a mountain jump and it will jump, like how little faith do I have that the Holy Spirit will come to my aid, that Christ means what he says when he says we will do greater things than these. I think that too often we forget that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is a spirit of life and that God is the God of the living. And that we can't just um, trivialize that. Or, um, you know, are we living our lives led by that faith? Like Mm -hmm. with that belief that Christ is who he says he is, and he is a man, he is a God of his promises. Because God, this is like the whole reason we have a Messiah, is because God is a God that fulfills his promises. And so if Jesus is God and he promises that, are we... Here and now going to respond in faith and in trust that he will fulfill that that he will fulfill his promise that he does truly will us to do great things, yeah,
0: I think a lot of the times as Catholics, and mm-hmm. I know at times i've I've been guilty of this too mm-hmm. uh we get this idea that these kind of gifts aren't real mm-hmm. uh, that we kind of see our Protestant brothers and sisters kind of embracing them a lot more, especially in the charismatic mm-hmm. movements mm-hmm. um. But that's not that's not true, right? Yeah. From the very beginning, yeah, this has been scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we see it. We see the apostles. We see uh, saints throughout history doing all of these things. Um, is that to say that everyone who claims to have these gifts actually has these gifts? No, not necessarily. Uh, but there definitely are people that have these gifts today. In fact, I, I saw the stat. I, I don't know if it was true or not, but I saw the stat that there's actually more miracles um, in the the 20th century mm-hmm. than every other uh, century, like the previous 19 before.
1: You know what else there was more of in the 20th century than there Martyrdoms. was the previous martyrs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that it's and it's funny because I'm such a very traditional Catholic in the way that like the way that I respond to Mass, right? The way that I like to go. Um, and have a very like traditional Mass. But I also love the charismatic movement and these charisms because that's how I came into the church. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for somebody praying over me and speaking in tongues and like me actually experiencing the love of the Father and the, the love that is the Holy Spirit come upon me, I don't think that I'd be sitting here on a podcast talking about Jesus today. Dude,
0: that's the thing about our church. It's not an either-or. Mm-hmm. It's a it's both-and both and church, right? Yeah. We can be both traditionals traditional uh, I think on Twitter they, they always say trads yeah trad-cad. we can be tradcad uh, or Trad-cat. we can uh, we can beat charismatics mm-hmm. and we should be both yep that's what it means to be a follower of Christ yeah
1: that there, that you can that you can worship God in a way that affirms that he is the King of King, the Lord of Lords and God. Mm-hmm. But also respond to His love with love and joy, all, all in like the
0: proper context, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to recognize like what is the proper way for me to worship. So,
1: so kind of moving on from there, we're going to go to the pre-chorus, yes, because I think that this sort of exemplifies a little bit of what we're talking about on actually going out and evangelizing, actually speaking the word, actually responding to God, actually not like actually responding at the end of Mass and they say go forth and like baptize all Nathan, nations or go forth and preach the word right that we actually do that um at, at the pre is if and i actually love this line too if all is fair in love and war then what the hell is loving even for um which is a different line and goes into different things but i'm gonna go into the second thing of if we can't sing it loud enough we'll keep on adding voices up Right, And then the the chorus is just ring the bells, and they sing ring the bells over and over. And actually, every time they do that, because there's three verses and then three pre-choruses, more and more people add in to where at the end it's just all these voices. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that is really like evangelism, right? That we're just going to keep proclaiming, and we're just going to keep adding voices.
0: Yeah, and and you see that throughout the the song. Mm -hmm. uh, Different people kind of jump in and... Mm -hmm. um, I think that's like the call to arms, right? You ring the bells and the people come to join you and and we build and we build. And that's, that's discipleship. Right. Yeah. I can't, we just talked about focus before dude. This is perfect. Yeah. Like the whole thing about focus is like discipleship. Like Mm -hmm. my job when I was part of focus was to go out and find two people and just invest everything into them that I could and to teach them like about the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. And then they would go out and find two more people Mm -hmm. each so now we're at four, right? Mm-hmm. And it just keeps growing. That's the kind of thing that we're called to do. right?
1: And, and that is the way in which the church grew from essentially 12 people. And, you know, maybe you can say 3,000, right? To being the majority of the Roman Empire yeah. in just 300 years. Well, here's something that people... And it was this personal invitation of one person inviting some people that they knew and bringing them in, right? I think sometimes we get... We feel daunted. Like, we feel this daunting task to try to evangelize the world. And we're not called to evangelize everybody. Mm-hmm. We're called to do our part and evangelize our loved ones and bring the people that are around us to know Jesus.
0: Yeah. Dude, I mean, we look at Jesus, right? Jesus, yeah. Jesus himself, he had 12 apostles, right? Yep. But even of those 12, he invested in three, like, really, really well, right? Peter, James, and John, those were the guys that he brought with him everywhere, Mm -hmm. right? So, who are we to think that we should be investing in, in like, really, really deeply in more than Jesus, right? So, we don't need to go out and convert millions. That's not going to happen, most likely, you know, if it does, fantastic. But, like, there's 500 youth in my youth program. If I personally had to, like, disciple each and every single one of them mm-hmm. on my own, we would get nowhere. Right. Right. So we have to really just dive in. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah. But yeah. But but going back to the if all is fair. In, yeah. <clears throat> if all is fair in love and war, then what the hell is loving even for? I just love this because it really speaks to the heart of what love is. Right? Because you hear that line, all is fair in love and war. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so funny because... It's just an excuse to cast, away, yeah, do away with morality or yeah. like what is right, right? Just oh, everything's fair in love and war. Well, if they were true, we wouldn't have the Geneva Accords, <laughs> um, which basically says not all is fair in love yeah. and war. Maybe not everyone follows that, but at least it's this recognition of you know what, innocent people are not in this war, right? Mm-hmm. Those people back home, those non-combatants, we can't just go shooting people who completely innocent right that's not fair right and so not always fair but in especially in love that what is love self-giving uh mm-hmm. without desiring
0: something in return right the, yeah. the, the the uh selfless desire for another to uh oh, hold on what's bishop baron's
1: uh bishop baron is to the, will the good of the, of the other, other as as other, other. there yeah. we go yeah um i was trying to remember his yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh and nothing that you said was untrue, so it works. Yeah, it's yeah. all enriches upon itself. I don't teach heresies. Yeah. Um, Usually. Yeah, well, we're all fallible. Um, but if all is fair in love and war, right, is, is actually willing the good, if willing the good of the other as other for nothing in return, Portland, emptying yourself for that other person in service, yeah. if that is what love is, then is all fair? In love, no.
0: I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, You've probably heard this before too, but mm-hmm. love demands and necessitates sacrifice, mm-hmm. and I think that's what really drew me into to this line. Mm-hmm. Is so does war. Love yeah. and
1: war both demand some kind
0: of self sacrifice, mm-hmm.
1: and it demands the emptying of self. Yeah, it demands like those who love and those who Fight in war, in, especially the spiritual uh, just war, war yeah. right? Just war in this, in the spiritual war that we're fighting, yeah, yeah, is about emptying of yourself in service to others. Right, that when you're emptying yourself, when you're fighting the spiritual war, yes, you are working toward your own personal sanctification, and that's important. But you're also fighting for the kingdom. And you're fighting for the sake of Christ, and you're fighting for the sake of the church and for the world.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, this this draws me back. I, I love history.
1: Yeah, uh, I think uh,
0: if I remember right, you you do too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like World War II movies, like I love yep. that stuff, right? And we look at that, and whenever we see those movies, I think the characters that we love the most are the ones who are going to war, not because they want to be some kind of cool like soldier hero, mm-hmm. but the ones who go. Because they want to protect their family and their loved ones. The right. ones who are laying down their lives
1: literally mm-hmm. for someone else. Right, right? And, and it's the same thing with love. And, and so I actually want to put into that is... I think the way that we most effectively... Like our most effective weapon in the spiritual war... Is love itself. Right? I mean, ultimately, God is love. Right? So it's, it's God that is... Deus God great. God yeah. But yeah. that it's through love that we truly wage and win the war. Because if Satan's whole thing is to isolate us and turn us in on ourselves and become selfish and, and imitate, right? Go from being in the image and likeness of God, which is outpouring and ever flowing love to this corrupted image that is Satan, which is inward and devouring and innately selfish and prideful, right? That's what Satan's goal is, is to turn us from image and likeness of God to image and likeness of him, Mm -hmm. that love is really the way that we win that, right? Because we are imitating God as we are pouring out our love into others, right? As we are allowing him to fill us up and then that to outpour into others. And I think that's what this song is really getting at, right? Is we're fighting this war, right? Going back to that, those those very first lines, right? We we say mercy won't be rationed here. That's what we're fighting for,
0: Mm.
1: right? That very first verse, that that is what this war is about right, that we are fighting so that mercy isn't rationed. We are fighting for the kingdom, mm. right, that the mercy of God shall win. And I love this because it, it keeps going back and forth. Like It says mercy won't be rationed here. That's what we're fighting for. And then in the second verse, you're talking about a sound of justice breaking through, right, and it's this recognition that God's justice and mercy really aren't separate. And when you talked about justice, like especially, you know, I was reading this today at Mass or hearing it proclaimed to me, Then you talk about judgment, right? uh, In the responsorial psalm, Mm -hmm.
0: uh,
1: there's a line that says, uh, and you will bring to your afflicted ones judgment. And when the Jewish people would talk about like judgment, like waiting for God's judgment, it wasn't always this like scary that God was going to come punish them, but that God was going to come in and in his justice be able to parse out, okay, yeah, these people were wrong. And so the judgment for them is harsh but it's also a part of god's justice and judgment is to look at His afflicted those who are seeking god right his his, his people that maybe are, are being afflicted somehow and to give them his mercy and to restore them and to build them up because that was his judgment for them he judged them to be good and worthy of the mercy right um and that god's justice and mercy aren't these two opposing things but that god always acts in mercy I mean, it's like a good parent, right? A good parent, uh, if
0: their child does something wrong, is going to punish them in a a way that will teach them, Mm -hmm. right? But it doesn't have to be punishment that's excessive or like ridiculous because they still love their child, right? right? So they're going to be merciful on their child, but you have this kind of combination of Mm -hmm. justice and and, and mercy in in that relationship. And that's the same relationship that we have with, with God, right? this
1: you know we talked about von balthasar before love him uh he actually talks about this too that god's justice and mercy really don't appear to be two separate things that are opposed to each other because god can't oppose himself right right? but that it's in mercy that god's justice and mercy are tied in and that his justice is a part of his mercy Mm -hmm. and his mercy is a part of his justice Right. right that you know he doesn't sit there and say okay well you've been bad and so therefore i'm sentencing you to eternity and hell that it's much more of a if you're living your life in a way that says that you don't want to spend eternity with god he's not going to force that on you he's not going to force himself on you mm-hmm. and that in reality it's through our actions and it's through our desires and our choices that we really end up desiring and choosing hell for ourselves right that hell is just the absence of god right and so when we choose to be separated from him out of love and mercy and his justice, he, he allows that. He says, okay, well, then I'm not going to force myself onto you for eternity. Yeah. And so I will allow you to not.
0: Yeah. The the separation from him. Yeah. So actually, I wanted to point out the other part of the pre-chorus, if that's okay. Yeah, perfect. So the other part is kind of what drew me in. It says, if we can't sing it loud enough, we'll keep on adding voices up. And I think this goes along with what we were talking about before with the chorus, which makes sense because this mm-hmm. is the pre-chorus. So pre chorus one, yeah, yeah. Pre chorus so, two has another really cool line, but we'll get into so it. So if we can't sing it loud enough, then we'll keep adding voices up. Mm-hmm. Like if we can't do it by ourselves, then we'll get more people. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's this again, this call to arms, uh, saying that like we need others to go into this. And that's what yeah. I was trying to touch on earlier. Yeah,
1: yeah. With evangelism, the pre chorus two that I was talking about. Is it's the same beginning? If all is fair in love and war, then what the hell is loving even for? Uh, the second part of that is the world laughs and the martyrs sing, but loves bre- love breaks through the Calvary. Mm-hmm. And oh gosh, that's such a good line. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think this one's a little bit more self-explanatory.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Calvary, the suffering. Yep. And the suffering of Christ. Uh, love overcomes mm-hmm. that. Yep. Uh, why? Yeah. Why do the martyrs go to their death mm-hmm. joyfully?
1: Right. Because they know what awaits them. And you hear like the world laughs and the martyrs sing, right? The world laughs at our beliefs. The world laughs at the death of the martyrs. But the martyrs sing and it's love that breaks through the Calvary. That love that, you know, we talk about there being more miracles. There's also been more martyrs. That martyrs have always, the blood of martyrs have always been the seeds of the church. And um, there's a a story out there. I forget exactly uh, who it was for, but basically... um, can't exactly remember all of it but i think it was like roman soldiers maybe you can you can fill me in on some of the details but they basically stripped these christians down in in the middle of winter Uh, i know what you're talking about yeah and they like the 40 martyrs of celeste yeah yeah so they they forced them into um these are like one of my favorite stories out onto like the middle of the ice right yeah a lake frozen lake a frozen lake and they had to stand out there and then they filled up these pots of hot water Mm -hmm. to like entice them to pronounce their faith Come join a hot bath and warm up. Or you'll freeze to death. Or you'll freeze to death. Well, all of the martyrs, they began to sing. Right? The martyrs sing. Yeah. So they said over and over again, like, let mm-hmm. there be 40. Let there be 40 because there's yep. 40 of them. So yep. they're like, let us stand together. Yeah. Like, we will. Pretty and soon. so some people left and they hopped in the fire and they actually instantly died in the hot water because of the shock to their system. Yeah. Um, and those that stood out there continued to sing and actually some wasn't it wasn't that some of the soldiers and surrounding people stripped down and went out to yeah, become so Christian? there was one guy that
0: left and mm-hmm. so there's only 39 yeah. and so their whole thing was like let there be 40 and so then one of the Roman centurions who was watching this is like what they believe in mm-hmm. is true and I believe in it too and he takes off his own armor and takes off his own clothes and he marches out there and says let there be 40 yep. like I'm standing with you it's yeah. an awesome story
1: and one of the things that I, that I have to say about the martyrs is the martyrs understood what we, what we hope to understand, right? And I hope that our listeners understand, is that when we believe as a church, right, that there is something so worth living for that it's worth, worth dying, dying for.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go off on another martyr no, story. No, please, That's okay. go. So I, I love saints, like any saint story. So if you have a favorite saint, please, like, email us, Facebook, or whatever. Tell us what your favorite saint story is. But one of my favorites is Ibaragi Kun. Like, mm-hmm. no one's ever heard of him, but he's uh, a little-known Japanese mm-hmm. martyr. Uh, so he, along with a bunch of others, uh, were captured during the Japanese persecution. He was only 12 years old at the time, okay? So they went through all this, like, ridiculous torturing and everything, and they were marched for miles and miles. You guys can look it up. Uh, we don't have time to go into the details, or you can ask me some other time. But... In the end, they are marched to, like, the top of this mountain outside of Nagasaki, right? And uh, one of the guys who's supposed to kill kill them goes up to him and says to Ibiragi like, D- um, just renounce your faith, like, you shouldn't die, right? You're 12 years old, right? And he says, sir, it would be better for you to join us than for me to renounce my faith. Which cross is mine? And the dude just, like, points over at, at one of the crosses that was, like, a small cross. And... Ibiraki Kun runs over, kisses his cross, and like lays there and waits for for them to be crucified. So all of them are crucified, and they light a fire around each of the crucifixes. So they're slowly burning, and rather than like screaming out in pain, they sing songs of yeah. pra- praise as they're burned and crucified.
1: yeah Or um, yeah. There's so many saints. So many matters. good ones. It's insane. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I mean, my pretty much every name that I have, um, Stephen. Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone, I am just destined to be a martyr. My confirmation saint was a martyr. Uh, saint Theodore of Amicia. I, I don't think there's a Saint Clint. That's unfortunate. Well, you could be, the, be first. the first. Yep. Well, I'm sure there is somebody named Clint in heaven. We'll find um, one. More importantly, okay, so getting on to the last verse, we can kind of wrap this up just a tad. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Got uh, excited. It's all good. The last verse is You called me boy instead of son, and I ain't the only one. Was in the throne room of a kingdom where I found that I belong. I ain't scared to face a fortress. I have seen them fall before. With broken bones you've built it, but it crumbles board by board. Mm. I love that line. Was in the throne room of a kingdom where I found that I belong. I just love that. Yeah. I mean, first off, I think so often in our lives and really a part of being human is we want to feel like we belong. We want to feel like we're a part of something. We want to find our purpose. And the God comes in and he calls us by name um, to be his sons and daughters and to be co-heirs in the kingdom. And it's in that throne room that we truly find where we belong. Yeah. Yeah.
0: One thing kind of going down that Mm -hmm. stood out to me is I ain't scared to face a fortress. I've seen them fall before.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, this brings me back to when we were talking about the Ignatian rules. Yep. Uh, So... When you're in this time of like suffering and just doubt and stuff, there's this idea of trust in the, mm-hmm. this lyric right here Um, where, yeah, there's a fortress. There's going to be a battle and it's going to be tough. Yep. Like fortresses are not easy to take over. Yeah. But this guy, the one who's singing this out loud, he's saying, I've seen him fall. I know that you have helped me do this before. And so I'm going to trust you. Yep. And And that's what it means. Like when we're in this time of like, uh, desolation mm-hmm. we know Christ I mean you've let us out of this before yeah I trust you
1: and I think of like I I, I instantly think of Jericho oh yeah 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 right yeah. Um, the walls of Jericho but I also love that line with broken bones you've built it but it crumbles board by board yeah and I and I imagine this is a song really being sung out uh, twofold I'll kind of get into both it takes that I kind of taken off of this one I can see it being sung out to the world right that we are um, without God, right, without him being able to restore us. We build up these walls and these fortresses, um, but they crumble board by board. But I think where I kind of take it is the internal fortresses and the walls that I build up between mm-hmm. me and God, and that you would never build a wall between yourself and God in a state where you weren't broken, right? And so you, in sometimes like our our, um, our sin or sometimes just in our hurt, we try to build up these walls, Right between us and God, and we are we have broken bones, right? We were broken. We God wills us to be restored, He wills to restore us when we let God in. When we allow Him, um, it crumbles board by board, right? But I think that, yeah, I mean, when we actually have faith and we really trust God, that we shall fear no evil, even in the valley of death, Mm. right? That God is with us, that this regardless of whatever fortress, fortification, that we, as Christians, can stare down dragons. We can stare down the dragon, knowing that we will win. Dragons. Right. talking about Satan, but yeah. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Good, Um, Good clarification, though. I just like dragons. And I just, I think that that is, the funny thing is that, I mean, God really allows us to stare down fortresses and dragons and just really fight on that front war of the battle fighting it with love right and standing what i really appreciate too is like standing against the hatred of the world that the world desires to hate us it desires us to hate each other i keep i've talked many times about scapegoating but that satan really wills us to scapegoat and to breed hatred in our hearts for our fellow fellow man but that God wills us to love our neighbor and love our enemies and fight hatred with love. And I think that there's nothing to be ashamed of as a Catholic or as a Christian. I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of because again, the world tries to shame us for being Christians sometimes, but there's nothing to be ashamed of in a world that has so much hatred to stand for truth and love. Yeah. Anything else you have to add? there has been a lot going on today. Yeah,
0: dude. There's a lot here. Um, I would just say, I mean, this is just my final thought. Uh, the song's called "Ring the Bells," right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, you probably have a challenge, but like, mm-hmm. guys, ring the bells. Go out there and and yeah. do it. Yeah. Like, be disciples. Mm-hmm. Don't just like say you're living it. I'm, I'm saying we need to go out yeah. and evangelize. We need to have this faith where we're motivated to go out of mass and. Live
1: absolutely, and um and actually that was my challenge is when you think of a bell, when you think of ringing the bells in a town, the whole town can hear that bell ringing. It's a summons, right? It is the the, the idea of ringing the bell was that the whole town could hear, and, and often you would ring it. Some I mean you would ring it in a church so you would know that mass was about to start, but you'd also ring it when there was like an attack happening, right? Yeah. You knew you had to repel something. You were being called up for war. You
0: you ring as a celebration
1: too. yeah and and so ringing the bell is something that it would resound through the town. And so what I'm saying is make sure that you are ringing the bells mm-hmm. right with your life that you are going out there that you are not afraid to make waves that you are not afraid because let's be honest the world needs saints and it needs you to live your mission towards sainthood. And the world more probably more than ever needs waves made. Yeah. It needs you to make those waves, to ring those bells, to call it back to Christ.
0: Well, let's do this as kind of okay, a, a, yeah. a practical challenge. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So yeah. obviously, like, which is a way to do this: find just one mm-hmm. person, yep. and invest in them, make them your disciple. Yeah, like, not that they're following you, but that they're following Christ, and you're guiding them. You're walking. You're accompanying them through that. Right. right. So just like the, this focus method of going out and choosing two people and loving the heck out of them and introducing them to and Christ, introducing them to Christ, right? Do and, that with just one person.
1: And and, and actually, this kind of ties into what my initial challenge was going to be, which is um, there are often times where we feel, and and I I know that we hindsight is always twenty twenty, where you have a chance to proclaim the gospel, and we sometimes don't, right? We're like, all right, I don't want to talk about this today. I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to yeah. ignore yeah. this. Um, trust me, as I walked through the mall, as I walked through the mall today, wearing my team Jesus shirt, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm basically asking for it. Yeah. It's hard. And I just say that the next time that happens, and so this is a, a challenge that may not be fulfilled in the next week, but the next time that happens to actually be courageous and to take that time to share your experience, be like, yeah, I do believe in this. I do proclaim that Christ is God and that Christ is Lord of the Lord of my life. And here's why. And let me tell you why. And let me evangelize you in this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be bold in that faith. So that's all I got. Um, do you have any final shout outs? We've shouted out a lot of people early on, obviously again, seek, which I think this actually, ironically, I didn't even think about it, but the Holy spirit guided us to do this one. And then ended up being about discipleship. So I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, no, this is great. Uh, I have a lot of shout
0: outs. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll probably save some of them for the next couple of weeks, but, uh, I do want to shout out uh, Blake, my friend Blake from uh, back in Iowa. We went to college together, and I was talking to him and a bunch of other people, and he uh, started listening to the show. Oh, good. And I think I talked to him like two days later, and he'd already listened to like over five episodes. So yeah, he was like quizzing me on like things from the beginning of like our first episodes, and I was like, man, it's been a long time, but I feel like in general, I have a pretty good... Uh, understanding of our episodes and like memory for him, but it's probably dude, been what like, almost like 65 weeks or something, yeah, dude. But he, he like was very detailed, I love it. So, yeah. guys, if, if you <laughs> remember yeah. all this stuff, just talk to us about it. We like having these conversations. What about you? Shout out. Uh,
1: my only real shout out is to Brandon Ocampo, uh, who is a good friend of mine from college. He's actually the guy who started Catholic Memes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I just yeah, reached I out to him the other day the night, and. Um, actually, because he, he actually, when I did my Facebook live video of the media, my yeah, 2018 yeah, yeah. media, he was like the one guy who watched it while I was live and he uh-huh. liked it. And I was like, <laughs> nice. oh, Brandon, how are you? Um, and I kind of hit him up and I was just like, ad- like kind of jokingly was like, when are you going to come be a you know, guest on our podcast, right? Because Catholic memes is relatively well known. And he was like, yeah, whenever, just let me know. So cool. hopefully we can get him on. Just and Shout yeah. out to Brandon because he is an awesome, awesome guy and yeah just solid dude yeah so guys there's a lot of fun stuff
0: coming so stay tuned to our social media and just keep listening to the shows we'll be announcing stuff in the next couple weeks there's a lot of new stuff coming up so please 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 keep following us uh check out our social media facebook twitter all that stuff um we i think we can announce this right but we will be having a website yeah coming up pretty soon hopefully in the next couple weeks here Uh, it'll go live. Um, So shout out to Amanda, who is the the girl who's helping us with that. Yeah, so she's building the website for us. So uh, guys, reach out to us on any of that social media, our email, all that stuff is in the notes section. So just reach out to us. Let us know what you guys are thinking of the show. Again, guys, when you subscribe or you leave reviews for the show, that goes out into the algorithms of all the different podcasting sources. And the more you mm-hmm. talk about us the more that you subscribe the more that you like all that stuff the more it gets sent to more people right so all by S- clicking a button you are sending our show to dozens if not hundreds of more people
1: right. so make sure you're giving us those five star reviews please, um, please 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 yeah. if you,
0: if you're enjoying it and if you're not enjoying it give us five star reviews anyways help us out
1: yeah right <laughs> yeah if you if you don't like it yeah just give us a five star review consider it a christmas present
0: yeah yeah so guys your help in sharing the show is huge, and we appreciate all you guys do. For those of you who are at SEEK, again, we are praying for you. Please pray for us because you guys are going to be super holy after leaving this right. conference. So. And at the
1: very least, we are suffering from envy, and so we definitely need your prayers. It's true. We have a little bit of jealousy, so uh, but yeah. pray for us. We're praying for
0: you, and uh, ring the bells. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the adventure. I thought you were going to say it was the reason for your teardrops on your guitar. But that would just be t swizzle.
1: Yeah, just her.
0: Alright, moving on.